really feeling. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Your hair is pretty, by the way. The hair you've been complaining about. <laughs> So if you don't like making her estate in your gang, she's your gang leader. Like I'm the challenge of the association. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's start this reintroduction again. Like I was saying to everyone, Esther is a writer, a podcaster. When she hit 250 podcasts, I took it personally. I felt like, "Oh my god, one day I am going to get to 250." I was so excited. <laughs> And then Esther released her book Dear Brides to Be and she was the cover model. <laughs> Guys, you need to see that book cover. Esther is a model just in case you you have a modeling contract. <laughs> Esther is the person to be. <laughs> and um I've seen her audio course if I'm not wrong, Esther on communication, conflict resolution in relationship and communication. It's a video course. And awesome. So when I started talking about toxic love and she had this really strong perspective, I knew it was really important to have her on this platform talk to us about crossing from toxic to healthy love because I know in our line of duty it is not abnormal to hear people say oh this relationship is working and you as a counselor you feel like covering the person good slap because like this person needs brain reset. I remember this time where I had a ladies event that I had to speak at. Uh, one of the ladies was telling me that her boyfriend contracted STI from sleeping with another girl and she went to the boyfriend's house and this other girl was there and uh, the girl said I've left him for you. I'm like, "Okay, so what are you supposed to do with him now that he's infected?" And she goes, "But we are in a committed relationship." That was the stunning part. <laughs> I I had to ask her the definition of committed because I think I'm confused right now. <laughs> so, Esther, the floor is yours. Like I'm not even going to ask you a lot of questions. I want you to just have fun. So, um first thing I'm going to say is can you start with telling us what toxic love is? Okay. Okay. Do they break it? No really. Not <laughs> <laughs> Diplomacy understood. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me. I am super grateful. Um, the network wanted to misbehave, but Messi said no. So yeah, <laughs> it's good to be here, and uh, it's good to be having this conversation. So I think this conversation is so important because many people don't even know they are in a toxic relationship just like you rightly said and that is because they don't even know what the right one is supposed to look like or feel like you know so imagine a child it is when they teach you what red is that you know this is red so if they teach you red as blue you will grow up thinking oh that's blue and people will be like eh that's red you know and you just have that confusion so for many people they really do not know what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like in the first place so that is why it is very difficult for them to recognize or acknowledge themselves in a toxic relationship and there are just mm-hmm. so many people who do not have the slightest idea how much life would be better easier sweeter for them if they can just get out of that toxic relationship find healing and get themselves into the right relationship that is if they want to go into relationship mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it is just so important for us to have this conversation
what exactly does that even mean, you know, to start with? And one word, you know, you know, sometimes when you check the dictionary, you will see a very long sentence or you see three, four, five. This one is just one, poisonous. I'm like, I- <laughs> <laughs> that word, that word, that word. I'm like, seriously, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect just that one word, poisonous. And that's it. That's it. You get yourself into a toxic relationship. You are putting poison into your system. You are putting poison into your mind, into your mental health, your emotional health, even into your body. You know? So it's, it is that crazy. Do you get? So you gave an example of someone with um, STD, for instance. That is poison. In the fiscal sense, right? Because if you are in a <laughs> committed relationship, <laughs> it's a committed poison, you get. Because if you're in a committed relationship and it is just one man, one woman, like you guys are faithful to yourself, you wouldn't have to yourself, sorry, you wouldn't have that kind of experience. Do you get like it would not happen? But when you are with A and you know you have side chick B, side chick C, uh, of course you gotta get poison for your system. You can't escape it, you know. So let's start from there. A toxic relationship is a relationship that is poisonous to you, that is harmful to you, and until you understand how to recognize it, you would find difficulties acknowledging that you're actually in a toxic, mm. toxic. Is it toxic or toxic? Lord, my Yoruba part Don't is worry, we all understand. We no, understand no, no, no. Tell, tell me the right one. Tell me the right one. No, you're confusing me. I can't remember again. <laughs> Okay, it's way, you know, kind of. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'll pronounce it as toxic, zik, should be zik, zik, Okay. Okay, so I moving on. I can't translation if my phone is up. Right. So the, the topic is crossing from a toxic relationship to health, you know, it's from mm-hmm. toxic to healthy love. love Not right? really, yeah. So let's start from a toxic love. How does that feel? I need us to understand how yeah. it feels because I remember, just like the scenario you, you gave us, I remember a particular session I was having and this girl was saying everything a relationship should not be, you know. And she went, oh, he's this, he's that, he does this, he does that. And the final thing was, so how do I you know, get him to stay? I'm like, hmm? You know, and as a counselor, you can't express your emotions, right? So I was just, hmm. So you mean the fact that he's cheating on you, he's this, you feel drained, it's, it's not an issue. He said, no, no, it's not an issue. I, I just want to know how, we, how, how we, I can make him love me the more. I'm like, hey, baby. Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just have this conversation afresh. <laughs> so there are many people who, they just don't have their priorities right. So number one, mm. when you are in a toxic relationship, you do not feel like yourself. You are always trying to be another person. Mm-hmm. So if you are the kind of okay. person that you like to, you know, play, scream, you know, be yourself, you're you someone like Esther. Like you have that kind of. I was, about, I was going to say, and <laughs> I was just, I was holding back. <laughs> if, if you're that kind of person, you realize that you get yourself into this relationship, and the person is always like, ah, you make noise too much. Ah, ah. 
you laugh too much. Calm down. Why, why are you this excited? I, I need you to be posh, you know. I need you to be put together. And you, you realize that because you're in that relationship, you are striving mm. to fit into the image of perfection in the mind so of that person. it's not just physical abuse. It's not just physical abuse. Of course. I mean, physical abuse is just one. It's just one out of many. And that is is the one we can even see and say, oh, this person is suffering this. We can't see the others. You can't see the others. So that's why it's important for us to have this conversation. So do you mean to see that the core of your personality is being changed? Now, Mm. you can strive to be a better person. I mean, by all means, strive to be a better person. If you're the kind of person that talks too much, you have to work on yourself to ensure that you talk Mm -hmm. at the right time and all. But when the core of your person is being changed. So you are this very exciting person and the person is trying to clamp you down, cut off your wings, make you feel like, no, you are not good enough. There is a problem. Toxic relationship, one-on-one. And it also goes for the other way around. You are this really calm person. You You always feel like you need an upgrade. You always feel like you are outdated. You always feel like you are not enough. Like you need to add something. Some people would even say, you know, I need you to fleshen up. And now I need to balance something here. <laughs> I need to balance something here. There is honestly nothing wrong in becoming a better version of yourself. Right? Absolutely. Because I, Absolutely. I remember for myself in my courtship, my husband was the one that helped me, you know, manage my dressing better. Amen. This was also bad. Well, it was so bad. It was so bad. But this was not bad. I'm going to look up to be honest, it wasn't so bad. I guess it was just free, as in up and down free. And he wanted a level of shape, you know. Let us sister. What the Lord has blessed you with. You know, like, ah, Sister Lee, come on. So I realized that it was something good. So I could adjust mm. and change. So I, I'm not trying to say that you should not change in a relationship or you shouldn't get better. What I'm trying to say is when it disrupts your core, when it is such that um, the person is forcefully trying to make you change, forcefully trying to make you who you know you are not, forcefully trying to dismiss you, then there is a problem, right? I like the word when you, forceful. Yeah. I like the word yeah. forceful because forceful can be subtle sometimes. It can be so subtle mm-hmm. you don't even know it's there. You just wake up one morning and realize, um, what's happening? Everything I'm eating mm. isn't what I used to eat. Everything I'm wearing isn't what I used to wear. And and by that time you're far gone, and then you're trying to relearn yourself. And that's even if you mm. get the freedom to relearn it. True. And the worst part is you are making all of these changes to please the other person. You are not doing it for yourself. You are mm. not doing it because you realize that it makes you look better or it makes you speak better or whatever. You just see that every single time you are doing this to make someone approve of you, there is a problem. And, and so if, if that is the case, it means if there was ever the possibility of a breakup, you feel like your life is wasted because you were investing for the other person. You were never really your own. And yeah. so all you keep seeing is after all I've done, after all I've this, because it was mm. never about you. You weren't growing enough stand alone with or without the person. Because a healthy so relationship should help you stand with or without your partner. So true. 
So true. And that is actually why people find it so difficult to leave toxic relationships. Or should I say that is one of the reasons, okay, because mm. they are too invested into that relationship. And it is draining. It is so, so draining. Imagine trying to please a human 247. Imagine trying to live, breathe, do everything for one human being that most times does not even validate your efforts. This person does wow. not validate your effort. So you just see that you are going on and That's on. You are doing brilliant. everything. Brilliant. You are bleaching your skin. You are doing surgery. You are, you stop <laughs> going to school. You, you are practically doing everything for this person. And at the end, oh you are still not validated. You now have cancer 30 years later. <laughs> And the person will not marry someone else, you see? Mm. <laughs> no, guys, for real, if you're listening to me right now, I know I and Esther are laughing back and forth, but it's it's important that you see this as a real life situation. There are like there are a lot of angles to these things. Yeah. I promise you, as counselors, we get earfuls of some situation and for real there are times when I, I wish part of the ethics is I can jack this person out of whatever thing is making them you're making them this stock. But sometimes you really can't. And that's why it's important for you as a person listening that you find which of these things apply to you. And it doesn't have to be romance. You know, it could actually be with your friends. Last week on Dear Teenager or Friday, we're telling teenagers to follow the honor. I think I need to say that to you as an adult. Follow the honor. Follow the honor. Don't assume because and this person is doing it for my favor. This person is doing it because they like me. They want me to upgrade. They want me to change. But if they're making you change in a way that is derogatory, in a way that makes you question your worth, in a way that makes you feel like you are not enough, it becomes important that you ask, are they trying to make you fit into their life or are they trying to improve you? Because if I'm trying to improve you, you don't have to be with me. You don't have to be around me. You don't have to work for me. If a person comes to me and says, Lisa, mentor me, I can mentor them and they'll go away. But if mm-hmm. I'm trying to improve them to be my staff or work for me or be a volunteer staff, there's a way I handle them. Yeah. There's a way you handle the person because you are investing. And so you are expecting results. So how is this person treating you? Are they treating you like this commodity that needs to produce for them? Or are they treating you as a person? Yeah, Esther, I think that's all I'll be asking for you said. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Then one other thing I think I would like to highlight is that many people experience, but they are not even exactly aware. And that is when you are feeling lonely in the relationship, feeling lonely in mm. the friendship. So we are wow. together, but I just feel like I am lonely. Companionship is the essence of a wow. relationship. Like that is one of the major reasons why you are supposed to even be in absolutely. that relationship in the first place. So why am I with you and I feel like I am all alone? Why should I wow. have an accident and feel like there's, I don't have any other person in the world to even comfort me? Why should I go through life alone and you claim to be my significant other? There's a problem. So you might begin mm. to see that you're in a relationship, but you are lonely. My sister, you are lonely. My brother, you are very lonely. <laughs> you are so lonely. Small comfort. Esther, be nice. Be nice. Small comfort. See, let us see the way it is. You are very lonely. And it is important for you to address 
conversations like that because when you don't you would keep second guessing yourself like you keep thinking am i mm. am i right or wrong for feeling this way am i Am I supposed to feel this way? And you're talking to the person, the person is like, you should even be happy that I am in your life in the first place. No, I am not happy. If you are going to be in my life, if you are going to have this VIP position in my life, then you owe it to me to be my companion, whether as a friend or as my significant other. Full stop. Your question. Mm, okay. Is there a possibility that the toxic person is the one feeling low? When the other person yeah. is trying to identify themselves, then the toxic person begins to play the I'm lonely card. Because yeah. that's a card a lot of people throw on the table to blackmail their partner. So true. Right. So true. So yeah, what so, you so do true. in you are giving everything and this person keeps playing the I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. What do you do? Okay, so I need you to understand that relationship is time. Any kind of relationship. Romantic, mm. friendship, sibling, siblingship, <laughs> whatever kind of relationship you want to call it, right? It's an investment of your time and by extension, an investment of your life, right? So you find mm. yourself in this relationship where you see that this person is toxic to me. And I am trying to detach. And this person is emotionally blackmailing me. You owe it to mm -hmm. yourself to stand your ground and say, bro, sis, let's just have this conversation. If it's a relationship where mm -hmm. you feel that conversation is needed, let's have this conversation. Going forward, I really cannot be XYZ for you. This is where I stand. This is where it is. The end. Do you get? And there are some other relationships wow. where you just make, basically you just have to make your stand new. And you have to stand by your stand. <laughs> Like, you really have to make your stand known. I have to remind yourself that this is where I want to be going forward because this relationship is not serving me. Many times in a toxic relationship, the toxic person benefits more than the victim. Okay? Absolutely. So when you, and they make it look like they are still the victims. Yes. Yes. So the moment you understand what is going on, move. You are not a tree. It is your responsibility to stand up and move. Yes, oh, I, I really mean. <laughs> it's your responsibility to stand up and move. It's your responsibility to stand up and redefine the relationship. So let's talk about friendship, for instance. This person has been my okay. friend for, for 10 years, right? And this okay. person, over time, has been um, behaving in a certain way to me. Oh, Possibly the person was was really good to me. After a while, the person started changing and all of that, right? It is my responsibility to reevaluate that relationship and say, this person is beginning to become toxic to me. How do I mm. want to handle this friendship? What do I want to do? What am I benefiting from this friendship? Okay, I like the way this person laughs. I like the X, Y, Z. Okay, so what do I lose by being in this friendship? I lose my self-esteem. I lose uh, my sense of self. What does that mean? Is it a big deal for me? Yes, it's a big deal. Do I really, really want to retain this friendship? No, move. Okay, I think I can wow. work around this friendship. Mm, I think I think there's a way I can manage it. Maybe we'll not just talk as much as we used to talk. Maybe we can do X, Y, Z. By yourself, you revisit the mm. entire relationship and you redefine it yourself in a way that suits you. So if it suits the other person, by the time you start practicalizing it, if it suits the other person, good and fine. If it doesn't, you can call the person and say, this is what I am doing. And yes, 
I am conscious of what I am doing. I know you are my friend. I know we've been friends for 10 years, but going forward, it can't work this way. Why? This is how you affect me emotionally, physically, and whatever lee you want to put behind it. Do you understand? <laughs> and that is yeah. just, and that is just, that's just a game changer. So, but many wow. people find it difficult to have a stand. Many people mm. find it difficult. That, that is something I have realized. Many across, people find across it, board, across, across board. board. Many people find it so difficult to have a stand. And that is because, should I tell the truth? That is because they don't love themselves. Wow. They don't love themselves. When you love, my sister, I am, shaking, I am shaking this table. My intention is to break it. You wow. Know? When, so when you. <laughs> When you love yourself, wow. it makes a mm-hmm. world of difference. When mm. you love yourself, you would know how to treat yourself, right? When you love yourself, you will set boundaries around your life, healthy boundaries. Mm. When you mm. love yourself, you see, people treat you the way you treat yourself, if you hmm. don't take care of yourself, the other party will not take care of you. Absolutely. If you speak down on yourself, you insult yourself. People Every time you look at the mirror, you are always negative. Why do you expect positivity from someone else? So when we are talking about toxic relationship, are you sure you are not toxic to yourself? Do you get that? So let's, let's be sure that the, the whole toxic thing is not starting with you. Because it is so easy to assume blame, and oh, sorry, it's so easy to blame the other party and say, "Oh, is this person? Is that person?" But what if, what if you are the one that is being toxic to yourself? Because truly, when you love yourself, there are some people you wouldn't bring into your private space. Did you read mm-hmm. anywhere in the Absolutely. Bible that the Pharisee was Jesus' favorite? No way. <laughs> I know you maintain your lane. I forgot to tell all of you, Esther is mommy pastor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. No apologies. <laughs> but you understand what I'm that, trying to say. Really vital. Please go ahead. So it is important for you to love yourself. And one of the reasons why it is difficult for people to love themselves is because they were not raised in an atmosphere of love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we have parents that would always fight. You know, always insult themselves, always call you names, even from when you're a baby. And you just grow up thinking that is who you are. No, that is not who you are. And that is one of the reasons why you find yourself in these toxic relationships, if you are going to be fair with yourself. If you sit down and process your why, you will see that one of the major reasons why you find yourself in toxic relationships, toxic friendships, is because that is all you have always known. That is... It has become family to you. When they tell you, describe family in one word, you say toxic. Do you understand? So there is no way, there is no way family will be toxic, will be the very definition of toxic, that you wouldn't Mm. find yourself reacting that way to other people, or you wouldn't find yourself magneting yourself to toxic people. So Mm. I am saying all of this because I need us to understand why, why we find ourselves in toxic relationships and friendships, why we are where we are. Now that you've understood that one of the major reasons why you're in toxic relationships is because of your background, you cannot begin to redefine things for yourself. 
Okay, so they didn't raise me X, Y, Z. How do I want to raise myself by myself? Yes. You owe it to yourself to raise yourself. You owe it to yourself to carry eraser. Erase it. They say you are foolish. Go and erase it. Write your own there. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. You owe it to yourself. Mm. You can literally reborn yourself if you want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because one, one thing is when you don't deliberately do these things, you become toxic to other people unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Unknowingly. And yes. one other yes. reason why you may be toxic is if um, you experience trauma. Trauma has a way of scratching our brains. You just find yourself behaving as ghosts, doing anyhow. You are not even aware. Until you need healing. And that is why the place of therapy cannot be overemphasized. Like, we need people to understand that when you go through trauma, you deserve to be healed. You deserve to go through that conversation where you, you're just onboarding, you just, you know, open it up, get healing, make fresh air enter, you understand? See things from a new perspective. And that's what you're And it's okay to, to be single while you are saved. Very okay. Oh, my sister, you see that table? So, <laughs> I have I have come to see that <laughs> many people, but <laughs> because we we try to run away from healing, not on a conscious level, funny, you know, on a subconscious level. Because we try I, I, to I think it's because of healing. opening of the pain. Because when you revisit pain, you revisit the whole experience, the whole experience. You are back in the scene. And because your brain is wired to run away from pain and mm-hmm. seek pleasure, you run mm-hmm. away from pain. But I think what we must understand is that there is the short-term pain and the mm-hmm. long-term benefit, which you pick, or you could pick your short-term pleasure and your long-term mm-hmm. pain. So true, so true. So because we tend to run away from pain, what we now do is we look for everything to fix that pain including a new relationship, including a new friendship. And that is why you find yourself in friendships that you, you know, you know you don't need that friendship. See, let's <laughs> just break this table. Leave this table. Kai. <laughs> like, you know you don't need that relationship. You know. You know you're not bringing anything healthy to that relationship, but you just want to push yourself, force yourself to that relationship because you're trying to use that relationship to fix a void. You're trying to use that relationship to heal. Forgetting what? You hurt the other person in the process. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's the word, a rebound. You just find yourself looking for someone else to pour all of that to. And you Mm -hmm. also get hurt in the process because now you'll be demanding for what you cannot give. You'll be demanding for what the person cannot provide. So let's make this thing simplified, right? Mm. Um, Yesterday was my elder sister's remembrance. And I remember that some few years ago, I really mean Three, three years ago, if you have three years ago, I okay. found myself wanting my girlfriends and my, I mean, my friends that are females. I, I need to explain mm. that. Okay. I found myself expecting my girlfriends to play the sister role. Like it's not their responsibility. Role, you know, 
So yeah, you are my friend. You are female. But for me, it's like, I want a sister. And I need you to be the sister by force. You know, and I'm like, me, I check up on you. I X, Y, Z. I just, I'm doing all the sister, sister, sister thing. And this person is like, excuse me. I'm sorry. I cannot do that. Now, I did not even know I was being mm-hmm. toxic to them. I didn't know I was demanding for what I could not get from them because that is not their role. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them, <laughs> in one of my conversations with one of them, because I had to sit down and analyze myself and understand what is going on with me. And in one of my conversations with one of them, she said, Esther, I have, I have three sisters. Honestly, I don't, I don't need a sister. And I am trying my best to give you my best. I'm like, God, shot fired. You know, but that conversation was an eye opener for me because it mm. helped me see that I was demanding from people what they could not give to me. So I, I am giving this example for us to see how we can also be toxic to other people unknowingly. It is un- unintentional, right? But we are demanding so much from them. We are expecting them to fill up a void that they cannot fill. So until you come Absolutely. back to that, come back to that space, reevaluate yourself, understand why you are there. Like until you're able to, how do I say it? Be self-aware enough to understand where you are. You would keep mm. attaching yourself to people and relationships that you have no business attaching yourself to and you know what you what you just explained is very important you've, you've spoken about how people can be toxic to us reasons why they how we realize they are toxic how we are toxic to ourselves and now you've gone on to explain how we could be toxic to other people and your last point about losing stuff brings us to the point where some of us expect people to give to us things we've never been able to get all our lives and so sometimes we have parents demanding their children to get a a particular job that they themselves were unable to get, make a particular hey. amount that they themselves were unable to make, get the children to send them money they themselves were never able to send to the kids. We have people demanding their partners to be to fill in their father role, filling their mother mm. role, filling mm. the role of a sibling that is absent, filling the role of an elder brother or an elder sister they don't have. And so what we must all also understand is that there are things we lack and there are things we will never get. I lost my father in 2019 in a car accident. He died on the spot. Like they didn't take him to the hospital. They took him straight to the mortuary. Julius Akwendi is dead. Yes, I have people who are like father figures, but they are not my dad. I can't force any of them into that role. My parents didn't give birth to a boy before me. You are not my elder brother. And so I've been in places where randomly, I just meet this random guy at a meeting or something, and he's all of a sudden, he's been my brother. Like, guy, you're not my brother. My father didn't give birth to one. <laughs> I, ha- I had a boss who was always trying to be my father. Mind you, my father was alive. And every time he did it, I'm like, sir, excuse me, sir, I have a father at home. <laughs> He probably missed the opportunity to be a father figure for those he should have been a father to. And now he's trying to force that representation on other people. And so it becomes important that we can tell ourselves what we lack and what we might never get the privilege of having again. So if we lost a loved one, it's important that we go through grief therapy if need be 
that we get a grief support community that we heal like Esther said open the left fresh air enter Mm-hmm. It's very important because you might think it's not affecting your relationship, your romantic relationship or your friendship with other people, but it really is. Esther just gave example of how losing her sister affected her friendship with other ladies, not even a man. So it doesn't have to be romantic. It could even be the way you handle your staff. It could be with the way mm-hmm. you handle your superiors. Some people go to the office treating their bosses as mommy. <laughs> Right? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens, and I'm like, um, excuse me, you're changing the dynamics of this relationship. And if you do change the dynamics, you will get a different result. So when you wake up one day and this person is giving you instructions like their child, you can't mm. start saying your boss is disrespectful. You were the one who left your position. And came to the position of their child. And what they will do is treat you the way they treat their child. Some of us think we are being humble. But we are exposing ourselves to toxicity. So true. We are, so we are, we are switching dynamics. You have, you have a crush on somebody. And then you are suddenly calling the person daddy. <laughs> you are calling the <laughs> What's that? When you change the dynamics of relationships. You change the results. And sometimes the results is that people transfer whatever they know for that position, they transfer it on you. So this time around, I'm asking you a question. Are you sure you're not the one inspiring toxic relationships? Are you sure you're not the one searching for them? Are you sure mm-hmm. you're not the one saying to people, hey, I can take garbage, throw it on me. There's a possibility you have that disposition to life. And if you do, you will bring it into relationships. I think we've flogged toxic relationships enough. We so have. can we like touch on healthy relationships? Healthy relationships, right? Um, maybe he's crying. <laughs> Gosh, I'm such a mother. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh I picture yesterday. I saw her video yesterday. She looks so pretty. Right? Like me. <laughs> okay, so sorry, sorry, sorry. Back to back to our conversation. Um, healthy relationships, right? Or healthy love? I mean, the idea is crossing mm-hmm. from toxic to healthy. So now we already know what a toxic relationship is and how it looks and all of that. Basically, a healthy relationship is the exact opposite of what we just talked about. In a healthy relationship, if you peace, we underrate that word, peace of hmm. mind. Some of us like. We like gra-gra, we like wahala, we like trouble. You know, it's, I find it so weird when I, maybe I stumble on a meme that goes, um, if your baby's too quiet, you're supposed to question them. <laughs> or, or they say, or they say, um, all, all ladies are witches. Just find your own and pour oil. <laughs> Like, you know, like pour oil, like you know, you know. Um, so there is this thing. I don't know if they do it in other in other parts of the world, but in Yoruba land, you pour oil on the on the shrine, right? That's your paying obeisance, you know, sacrifice. You know, so I just point oil like ah, arrow, you know. Like, every time I see that, I'm like, are we joking right now? You know, and people say that because that is all they have seen. People say that because sure. they are used to seeing nagging women, used to seeing troubled wives, used to seeing husbands who are just really unfaithful and all of those negative things. So first and foremost, I need you to understand that the positive spouse or person that you're looking for exists and starts with you. Absolutely. It starts Absolutely. with you. 
You can choose to be that kind of positive person. You can choose to be the kind of um, spouse that does not drink, smoke, or womanize. You can choose mm. to be that kind of spouse that does not nag. You can choose to be that kind of spouse that can actually sit down and have a proper conversation without freaking mm. out or being all over the place. Okay? So, a or healthy keeping relationship... keeping and giving us silent treatment. Or, hey, silent treatment. That table. Let us just leave that table. So, you see, healthy relationships are relationships whereby um, you can be yourself. You're yourself. Mm. You are yourself. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to try to package. Physically, without makeup, you are loved. You talk and they value what you are saying. They see your... Yes, one of that thing. One of the um, highlights of a toxic relationship is the disrespect to your body, your values, and your time. I just Absolutely. want to, to highlight that. So for a, for a healthy relationship, there is... Absolute respect for your body. Absolute respect both, both, for your values. Both ways, both of course. Ways. Both ways, yes. Yes, yes. Absolute respect for your body. Absolute respect for your values. Absolute respect for your time, right? And in a healthy relationship, it's just all positive. You know, it's... You can support each other. You know, you don't feel like, oh, I am the only one supporting you. He's not supporting you. Or, or she's the only one. It is equal, like we are both committed. You can see the mutual investments into the relationship, right? Mm. The relationship is of parity to both parties. And I am not just talking about romantic relationships. I am talking about all forms of relationships. Absolutely. Friendships, even family. Exactly. Exactly. If I have a cousin that I'm trying to, you know, prioritize and you don't prioritize me, oh, my name and your lane. I love you, but you know, if you are going to bring that toxic my way, stay there. Talking about toxicity and um, detoxing some of the things you've learned from this relationship, many of us do not even realize that, oh, okay, I have been absorbing this much um, self-criticism and now I am beginning to critique myself. So last year, we had the 30-day October Emotional Detox Challenge. The October Emotional Detox Challenge. And, oh, awesome. Welcome back. Thank you. Before you joined, I was telling them about how last year we had the Emotional Detox, 30-day Emotional Detox Challenge. Mm -hmm. And the first day of the challenge, we asked people to write out 40 reasons why they liked themselves. It was the hardest assignment some people had ever done in their lives because it's not something they do. They don't tell themselves that, oh, Lisa, I like your eyes or I like the way you walk. Or, they don't know the things they like about themselves. They don't know themselves. They don't know the things people even love about them. And so over a period of time, the only assessment of themselves they have are the negative assessments. And so I am going to recommend that you do those detox challenges when you can. Get get those challenges and just just go through the process and understand and like yourself for you first, because that's that's like the first point. Esther had already mentioned that Esther, please you can go ahead with your train of thought. Oh wow, just lost Esther too. Okay, she'll get back online. If you have any questions, I want you to start putting your questions in the comment section. You'll find this small circle with a question mark. Please put your questions inside it so that once Esther comes in. They can start taking questions around of the session for today. Crossing from toxic to healthy love. Have you been in a toxic relationship? 
Are you a toxic person? Have you been comfortable with receiving toxic comments from people? It's possible that a toxic relationship, you know, isn't even romantic. It could be from your family. It could be the way your parents treat you. It could be your interaction with your siblings. It could be your interaction with your friends. So when I was on campus, I used to have this, um, I won't say friend, let me use the word acquaintance because we weren't so close. But I knew every time I spoke to this person, I went back home feeling depressed. It doesn't matter how excited I am before I met this person. Once we're done talking, I feel terrible. I go to bed terrible every single time. After I had happened like five times, I had to ask myself, must you talk to this person? What is it about this person that makes you feel this way? And some of us are in relationships like that and we're not paying attention. So I'm going to give you a quick classwork or assignment. You can do it whenever you will. I want you to write down the names of all your friends and analyze your relationships with them. Are they symbiotic? Are they parasitic relationships? Is there a possibility that this relationship just takes and takes and takes and sucks the life out of you? Literally, this person is taking your time, your money, your energy, and you're not feeling it come back. Yes, every relationship isn't perfect in terms of everybody is not giving the same energy at the same time. But if you should withdraw or stop sending messages, will the messages come through? If you should stop fighting for the friendship, would that friendship still exist? If you should stop fighting for this romantic life, would it exist? Where are you in your hierarchy of priority? Where do you fall? Are you an afterthought? Would they pick you as a significant order over certain things? So every other thing comes before you. Work comes before you. Friends come before you. Drinks night comes before you. People have been in those kind of relationships. People still are in those kind of relationships where drink night, like night out with any other person comes up before them. Those are actually toxic environments because you begin to feel like you are unworthy of attention. You are unworthy of emotions. You are unworthy of that kind of time. And that's why you must be very careful that you are not the toxic person. So if you have any questions, I am going to take your questions for the next five minutes. And um, if there are no questions, I would round up this session or try and see if Esther can get in a round of her own thoughts. Yay! Sorry. Yeah, oh, right. Ah. No, it's fine. Continue. I'm with you. This is my journey <laughs> right now, so we'll do it. It's, it's very important. It's very important. I was going to ask you one major question before you went off. Considering okay. I know you have resource materials on conflict resolution. <laughs> Yay! Hi, Tinoade. Where is the place of conflict in a healthy relationship? Because people are of this opinion that healthy relationships are ice cream. You know, this person is just giving and everything is just sweet. And you guys are just loving up, you know. You're just going out. There's pictures, a lot of pictures on boats and cruise couple goals like that's a healthy relationship where's the place of comfort <laughs> healthy relationships <laughs> you know why i'm laughing there eh? i'm laughing because we fantasize about relationships a lot right we wow. except me it, please i'm innocent yeah they are really that said most likely <laughs> The point I'm trying to make really is that we fantasize about relationships a lot, a whole lot, right? And it, it affects, don't you have this? Hello. 
Okay. So then I don't Hi. get this. We are talking about toxic relationships. <laughs> okay, so the question was, what is the role of conflict, right? Yeah, where's in... the place of conflict in a healthy relationship? First and foremost, it's important to know that conflicts are necessary in relationships. Okay. It is not, it's not something, it is not something negative. Many times, it is the way we look at it. Do you understand? Many people see conflict as something that you must not have, you must, it must not happen in the relationship. No, no. Conflicts are necessary, even in healthy relationships. Necessary because it helps us know each other better. Do you mm-hmm. understand? And I think yeah. I know, I don't know you. It is when something hmm. happens, then you will now correct me and let me see that. Wait until I'm angry. You know, <laughs> then you know. <laughs> Conflicts are so necessary. And many people have this negative vibe about it. And that is what we need to correct. One, two. Many people don't know how to go about conflict. And that is why it becomes Absolutely. disastrous or whatever. But when you understand the role conflict plays, that is um, synonym. When you understand the role conflict plays in a relationship, you would understand that it is not something to run away from. Because when there mm. is conflict, it gives me an opportunity to know you better. It gives me an opportunity to understand your perspective to life. Understand where you are True. coming from. Understand why you are saying what you are saying. It gives me insight into your background. Many times, conflict Absolutely. is not backgrounds basically a clash of our personality. It a clash of itself a clash of what a clash of delivery the way you said it you dropped it exactly <laughs> the person is angry you're wondering no that's not what i meant and then this is like it's the, it's the way you said it is the the pitch <laughs> the pitch of your voice the tone don't talk to me in that tone i mean people have beaten their partners up for the tone of voice they use yeah the tone yeah. of voice. Yeah. So true. So so people need to understand that please. Okay. So in terms of conflict, I want you to look at conflict as this. That conflict is the expression of your opinion. Very valid. Very valid. And I think that one of the reasons why people have issues with conflicts is because of how they've seen conflicts get resolved. You know, mm-hmm. in their or in their environment. So many people fight because that is how they know how to fight. Mm. Ask yourself, why do you shout and scream down the roof when you're angry? If you sit down... Why do you down, run away and fight inside the bedroom? You said? Why do you run away and sit inside the <laughs> you know, so if you, if you really take your time to ask yourself, you would see that it is something you learned along the way. Probably something and you like, want to solve exactly. I the word I wanted to use was coping mechanism. You know, you just feel like okay, this is the best way to handle it because this is how daddy used to do it. This is how mommy used to do it. Why shout? For me, I am getting myself to that point where no shouting to argue with you. Shout care. No, oh, sit down. Because someone gave an example one day. He said, when you are the CEO, you don't need to shout to say you are fired. You can just sit down. You're fired. Does this reduce reduce the strength of that fire? Like, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You are still fired, though. Even though he said it with a smile. Even though he did not raise his voice. You are still fired. So, really? They they fired me and dashed me money before. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm serious though. After they fired me, I'm back like, oh, I'm actually going for, and they dashed me money on top after. <laughs> so, so you really have to understand that there is a way around conflicts, and your mm. uh, conflicts can be so positive oriented that it helps, or should I say, it aids your relationship. So you have mm. no business talking down on yourselves, shaming yourselves, embarrassing yourselves publicly, that is toxic. That is really toxic. For a healthy relationship, what we do is we sit down to communicate. We sit down to have a conversation, right? We understand. See, we've gotten to that point. I am not scrolling your phone. You are not scrolling your phone while it's happening. Exactly. Exactly. We understand. (laughs) So so let, let let me give an example. Something Something happened recently. I was supposed to, what was that I was supposed to do? Oh, okay, I remember. So I was drying the clothes and my baby was crying. Her father picked her up, right? So as I opened the door, I saw him carrying her. I just looked at him and I carried her. And he was like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And I'm like, give me my baby. She's the most important person. I really want to calm her down and all that. Then later in the day, I came to his office and he didn't greet me well. <laughs> And I said, what did happen? And he said, eh, that, that or that time. Um, I, I said, I didn't do anything. I'm like, I know you didn't do anything. You could not have done anything. And he said, the way you're looking at me. No, honestly, I was just so concerned about you, Nadi. And I'm like, and I just continued the conversation. And I said, ah, wait, though, why are you still doing like this now? And he said, Shebe, you said, when there is conflict or anything, the other party should apologize to the other party, regardless of whether the person feels he or she offended or not. Do you understand? I'm not sure I put that in before. Basically, so the rule in our home is when my husband, for instance, tells me I offend him or I offended him, regardless of whether I think I really, really offended him or not, I owe him an apology. Why? I am apologizing because he feels offended. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. This was my perspective. I am sorry. So that is the standard. We always, as long as one person is saying, oh, I feel X, Y, Z, we apologize. So when that happened, me, I did not know I needed to apologize. I just went about to my duty and I was like, this is not how we used to do it, though. And I said, ah, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry for looking at you that way. Honestly, I had nothing on my mind. He said, eh, hey, okay, now we can continue. you know know, this thing you're saying is very key Mm -hmm. it's very key because a lot of people do not respond to conflict at all because they're running away from conflict so from the house where I come from we all have very loud voices Mm -hmm. my younger sister can power an entire auditorium singing with no microphone literally my mom is the same way my younger brother can scream your name down the street even if you are deaf you hear Everybody in my house has a loud voice. So what happened was, as I was growing up, I also had like a couple of cousins who stayed with us. As as What happened was, as we grew up together, obviously we would have clash of opinions, clash of um, perspective. And so imagine everybody trying to explain with their loud voices. When wow. my mom is explaining something to you, you have to sit back and be sure, okay, she's explaining, she's not angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you, you have to 
be ready. You have to you have to be ready in case there's a slap coming and you did not realize it's a slap. There's no explanation. She's angry. There's some other times you're like, is she angry or she's explaining? Let me just stand on this corner first so that in case it's anger, I can't do this. Imagine. What, 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 what happened to me as the first child was I got out of hearing everybody shout. And so I became extra quiet. The more angry I am, the more quiet I become. The more I can be angry and talking in my house. But the moment I talk and I have a sentence half and I go off, everybody, my younger ones just start running. Literally. <laughs> I didn't even discover that until I think I was 21 or so. It was one of those incidences and I stood in the middle of the sitting room. I just saw my brother like a lizard on the wall. I'm mean, what's happening here? And I just noticed everybody had gone, fear, fear. <laughs> Guys, calm down. I'm not that angry. I'm just about to start. <laughs> but it was after that time I realized I don't talk. I just shut down. And you do it over and over and over. One day I'll just wake up and live your life. And you don't even know what happened. Mm, mm, mm. I brought that I brought that up to say that it's possible that your response to conflict is shutting down. And so with these certain circles, people could easily step on me for no reason. Even when I had an abusive boss, a sexually abusive boss, I didn't even raise it in the office that my boss was fighting to see my brand office. I didn't say anything. Because I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't want to start explaining. I just was not in the mood for the explanation and the plenty conversation and a whole room full of people. Because when I was growing up, that's how we used to resolve it. It's a whole room full of people. I don't like it. Mm. Mm. So is there a possibility that your fear for conflict is because you're trying to preserve your sanity? You're trying to run away from a pattern. Because if you keep choosing silence as a conflict resolution technique, people will step on you as a doormat. I can tell you firsthand. You will be in abusive situations and you will not fight back because you don't want to be deemed cantankerous. You yeah. will be with people who are disrespectful and you will say you don't want to nag. I still have a problem with nagging. Mm. When I'm angry and I'm explaining, a part, there's something at the back of my head that makes me feel like, Lisa, you're sounding like a nag. So I will shut up. Even though it's me and I want to explain. Mm. So you have to be careful that you don't think, oh, toxic is being loud. So I'll do the opposite. The exact opposite is also toxic. The so, exact opposite of avoidance, of vanishing, where you just wake up and vanish out of friendships, wake up and vanish out of relationships. You would eventually get in a long-term relationship like marriage and you just wake up one day and say, you're divorcing the person. The person doesn't even know what they did wrong because you've been piling and piling. I, I think a, a time came where my relationship with my mom just went to the gutters completely. And my mom didn't even know what she did. My mom is a sorted now now person. Me, I can sit down for one month. Just waiting. We just had this conversation one of those days, and I was saying a thousand things. My mom was looking at me like, "Where are all these things coming from?" I have never heard them. I have never even seen you react to them. Mm. Mm. So you have to be careful that in avoiding conflicts, in preserving your healthy relationship, that you don't bring in another kind of toxic behavior, which is avoiding conflict completely or being outrageous with conflict. There is always a middle ground. You can be assertive in your communication. You don't have to be aggressive, rude, condescending, and you don't have to be 
passive, silent, and just vanish into the background. There's always that middle ground. There's always the place of being assertive. So a good, healthy relationship allows you to be assertive, allows you to say what you mean without being rude, without being condescending, without being absolutely quiet and not taking a stand. I hope this really helps your relationship. If you have any questions you were unable to ask, please kindly get in our DM, type your question in our DM, go to our website, www.lisaexpress.com. Put your questions on our website. If you have particular questions you want directed to Esther, please feel free while writing the question. Attach Esther's name. Tell us you want Esther to answer it. I promise you, we will take it to Esther. And when we <laughs> upload this video, we will try to re-upload this video on our Instagram, IGTV, also upload it on YouTube. So any question you want specific answers to, even if it means we have to do another video, we will and, and attend to your questions or write them in our feed and get Esther to respond to them. Esther, do you have any closing remark for everyone um, viewing? Closing remark would be crossing from toxic to a healthy relationship is possible. Um, mm -hmm. It's a reality if you want it for yourself. Right, and it is something to desire. But beyond you crossing from toxic to healthy relationship, as in relationship, you need to cross from a toxic to a healthy self. Right? Oh. Me, as much as it is important to have a healthy relationship, I am more interested in you being healthy emotionally, healthy physically. That is what makes the difference, really. When you are healthy, I mean, in, in this context of what you're talking about, when you're mm -hmm. healthy, you are able to bring to whatever relationship that healthy vibe. Deep that self, yes. That sense of security, that, you know, trust, all of those good mm -hmm. things you want in a healthy relationship, you are able to bring it in. Because yeah. you are still toxic if you don't work on yourself if you don't seek therapy if you don't understand why you are the way you are you just look for the next person and pour all of that toxic into that person and the circle continues so we owe it to ourselves to break that circle mm -hmm. right let it end with you whatever toxic relationship you have experienced in the past must end with you you should not take it to the next person. Don't take it to the next friendship. Don't take it to the next, next whatever, right? And um, when we are able to be self-responsible, it makes a hmm. world of difference. So I really, Absolutely. I want to say God will help us, but he said it is not the religious stuff. God will help us. <laughs> No, no, for real. I know times that I felt like at times in my own life, as I was walking through abuse, walking through my addictive fast, walking through recovering from all of the junk I had been through and exposed myself to, there was a period in my life I told myself that, Lisa, even if they got you an angel, you will still mess it up. Mm. Mm. And so mm. it's important that you are that honest with yourself. And I think that's something you brought in today. Thank you so, so much, Esther. I am super grateful. I think I learned the most today. I don't know about every other person. I personally think I learned the most. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming live, Tinwade. <laughs> Bye! Oh, yay! Get to see her face. Bye-bye. <laughs>